0: This is Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1, The Voice. If you learn to stop standing on your arrogance and learn to stand in the Lord. The second thing that Paul is saying in, in Contentment is Founding in Jesus, he says, is tell these ladies to stop fighting, man. You know, disagreement is it's really it's a terrible thing when it happens in the family. And it's also horrible when it happens in the church. These ladies, it seems like they're flying solo in the flesh to fulfill the gospel. You cannot do that. You cannot fly solo in your flesh to fulfill the gospel. Oftentimes we think that, no, but I'm doing the right thing. God is not just interested in what you do, he's also interested in how you do it. The early church, they grew in favor. Even though they were persecuted, everyday people were being saved. And even when they were beaten, they counted it a joy to be persecuted for the name of Christ. They were not standing in their arrogance. And the second thing Paul is saying is, listen, are you agreeing with the Lord or you agreeing with the nonsense happening around you? At home, it's possible that you're agreeing with the gossip. Maybe in church, it's possible you're agreeing with the chatter. How crazy, how angry we are right now that we're not hearing two sides of a story. We're only hearing false media, wrong news, listen to both sides. Why are you doing it then? Why do you judge another person because you heard one side of the story? And you refuse to go listen to the other side because you've already thrown your rock at that person. you already killed that person. I know what they did when they were a teenager. Well, that was a long time ago. God has torn down that banner of the past and erected a new banner. My daughter, my child, my son, child of God, born again, blood-bought. Man, if you knew me when I was 18 years old, you probably wouldn't sit in this church. But God did a work in me. And it's quite possible that you're sitting here in your sin because you refuse to take that step of faith of saying, no matter what man says, they will laugh at me, they'll say, I don't know what you did last summer, and be like, but you do not know what my Jesus did for me 2,000 years ago, so zip it. It's quite possible that you're not content because you're standing in your own arrogance, you're standing believing the lies, the gossip, the chatter. Hey man, maybe you're watching at home because you have a problem with people in this church, in this room, and you don't wanna come here because you believe lies. And maybe this morning God's calling you out of your grave because the longer you go away believing lies you're the one that will dwindle and die and if you're here if, even though you have a problem with people over here i'm so glad you're here i'm glad you decided to come here because god wants to do a work in you paul found it necessary to write about these two women and say knock it off stand firm in the lord agree in the lord help me our third wing what was our line Joy. Joy. So this is where Pastors will take 45 minutes To talk about rejoicing in the Lord And in case you forgot He says it again Rejoice in the Lord my, I always had a problem With this man Because I'm like There are times I just can't rejoice Anybody with me Or my I alone on this I know what the Bible says But uh, I Come on I would rather Cut that person off And flip him off And get into a street fight I'm like let's go bro You know Rejoice in the Lord Come on So we're just going to Skip that verse okay people are here for the first time are like, wow, I didn't know you could do that. (laughs) If only I knew. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. I agree with you. It's hard. And sometimes it seems impossible to always be joyful. Uh, You're not alone if you feel that way. Because David felt this way too. The psalmist, he felt this way. In Psalm chapter 30 verse 5, he says, for his anger lasts a moment, but his favor It lasts a lifetime. You see folks, and then he says, weeping may last throughout the night, but joy will come in the morning. Sorrow will come knocking on the door. There are times when saints will weep. There are times when you would not be able to shake away the sorrow. There are times when you will go to bed and like David, your pillow is wet with your tears. And there are times you will lie on your couch, unable to move, because of deep, deep, deep sorrow that's what we took in the beginning of this year we took 10 weeks to talk about when the clouds don't go away depression is a real thing sorrow is a real thing and God created us with emotions how do we make sense of this in the context of contentment when Paul says rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice I had to pray about this quite a bit because I don't want to preach to you a lie neither do I want to preach something to you that I am unable to walk out At the same time, I don't want to change God's word and tell you something that isn't really there. And it's quite possible that you're sitting over here and you've not really rejoiced in a long time. You haven't been able to smile all year long. You can't remember the last time you really laughed. A true laugh. Because your situations around you have brought you down. I want to remind you very gently, but with the power of the Holy Spirit, the joy and contentment and satisfaction does not come because of our circumstances, it comes because of Jesus. And this is why it's important, because your circumstances will change. And if you're looking to circumstances to make you joyful, if you're looking for circumstances to make you happy and to be able to rejoice, you will fail. I've been thinking in my own my own mind, if my house was clean, I will be able to rejoice. If my office was really set up, I'll be able to rejoice. If I could get my health in order, I'll be able to rejoice. If my children were well behaved, I'll be able to rejoice. If my children were able to get a haircut so they don't look homeless, I'll be able to rejoice. And I'm thinking of all these things, but you know what? The hair will grow back and they will look homeless again in two weeks. My house will get messy again. My office will get messy again. The money that I got as a bonus will go away. The health that I have one day, it will deteriorate and I will die. And if my satisfaction, if my contentment comes from things, I will not be able to rejoice. And once again, the common thing between the three wings was in the Lord. But we can rejoice in the Lord because He's the only person who never changes. My circumstances will change, but Jesus will never change. And this is very, very powerful. That's why the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8, he says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Can I take a few minutes and unpack this? Because you see, folks, Some of you never really experienced joy. I know this for a fact because I grew up thinking that joy was something that I hung out with with friends who made me laugh or I did things and I got away and I was like, that was so cool. Man, what a thrill, man. You know, speeding on the way and running from cops or whatever. I'm like, wow, but that wasn't really joy until I came to know Jesus. I'm not kidding. There was a joy that came because my circumstance didn't change. But there was a realization that Jesus, who knew me when I was a failure, loved me. And He doesn't love me now because I surrendered my life to Him. He's always loved me because He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You see, we don't find joy oftentimes because we feel like I don't fit in. We don't find joy because we feel like our relationships around us are always falling apart. We don't find joy because we're waiting for circumstances to change. But the Bible says, rejoice in the Lord. If I were to to write it in this context, I would say, find your contentment in Jesus always. And again I say, find your contentment in Jesus, why? Because he knows you from your past, he knows your present and he knows your future. There's nothing that will surprise him. Let me give you an illustration of this. The the prodigal son, I love, this is my favorite parable, the prodigal son, when he comes back running to his father, he's walking, he's torn, tattered, he smells of pig poop. The father doesn't sit him down and have a one-hour lecture. Well, you know, son, you spent all my money. No, the father says, come on in, puts a robe on him, puts shoes on his feet, a ring on his finger, music playing, killing the fattened calf. And he says, there's no time to waste. My son who was dead is now alive. It's time to rejoice. It's quite possible to not experience contentment in this life because you're looking for joy in everything else. And maybe you've tried Christianity, and maybe it failed you, but Christianity is not about you cleaning up your act for God to love you Christianity first of all these people were called believers the first believer was Abraham he believed God it was counted to him as righteousness this morning what God wants you to do this morning is to believe him to believe that contentment comes from him and I said earlier this is something that you might know but we got to learn to practice it we got to learn to practice it so I want to ask you this morning church do you believe him? that he will bring joy? Do you believe that he will turn your mourning into dancing? Do you believe that he can turn the things in your life, your emotion in your life? Do you believe that even if you're weeping, he's able to bring his joy? When you're on the couch depressed, he's able to bring you this joy. Do you believe that it starts with believing? It starts with believing in your heart and then then it's got to go to professing out loud. You got to start learning to pray out loud. You got to profess it. Jesus, I believe you. Jesus, I believe you. And we're going to talk about this more. Sometimes you got to pray like a madman. You got to pray in the shower with tears and you don't know where it's what's water and what's tears. And then you got to start walking it out. And that's why that song that we sang, I love it. By your stripes I am healed. By your death I live. The power of sin has overcome. It is written, it is done. You yeah. see, sometimes you got to learn to profess it. You got to learn to profess, I am forgiven. Let's try that, okay? One, two, three. I am forgiven. Sometimes you don't experience the contentment because you don't believe it. You know it, you don't believe it. And even if you believe it, you don't really profess it. And even if you're able to profess it, you got to go out and practice it. You got to walk like you're forgiven. You got to walk like you're loved. Because when you come to Jesus, listen to me, when you come to Jesus, you are found in Him. He doesn't look at your flesh. He looks at you in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Let me give you a few scriptures for that. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, behold, the new has come. What a joy. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if anyone is in Christ, the old is gone. He's not surprised by it. He's not disgusted by it. He says, it's gone. Don't worry, buddy, it's gone. I, I, I forget your sins I've forgiven your sins but now be born again in me he's in Christ and now he's a new creation oh my God thank you Lord thank you Lord that's my, my sins from last week can be gone and if I were to die right now praise God he just doesn't see me in a yellow hoodie with a cat on it he sees me clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ if anyone is in Christ are you in Christ? hey my friends Brothers and sisters, are you in Christ or are you standing in your arrogance? Are you standing in your stubbornness? Are you in Christ or are you standing in the lies that you've learned to believe? Are you standing in Christ or are you standing in the joys that surround you and your sin that's become so second nature and such a friend to you? Are you you, you standing in Christ to rejoice in Him? Because we cannot find this kind of contentment in our flesh. It's only found in Jesus Christ. Let me give you one more verse. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. You see, we know this verse by heart, but today it's got to take on a new meaning because we're going to believe it, we're going to profess it, and then we're going to practice it. And professing it has to come. You've got to memorize these verses. So when temptation comes, you've got to say, no, 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 it's no longer I who lives, it's Christ who lives in me. When temptation comes, when anger comes, when jealousy comes, when gossip comes knocking on your door, be like, it's Christ who lives in me. How can you talk about that person? That, was, that person was created by God. It's Christ who lives in me. Okay, one more verse, I can't help this. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And all these three verses, you see that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he knows your past, he knows your present, he knows your future. The best thing for us to do is to surrender our life to him. And say, Jesus, let me find my contentment in you. Amen. I've tried everything else, I want to find my contentment in you. And you know what happens when you put this into practice? Your life changes. There's, there's a visible, a practical change in your life. You become a gentle person. You become a person who's known for graciousness, who's known for gentleness. They'd be like, this guy walks and talks like the Jesus I read in the Gospels. And Paul, Paul this, is what, this is how Paul puts it. He says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. Your reasonableness. Uh, this is a word that um, a lot of commentators you know, try to elaborate on because it's a hard-to-translate word, they say. Uh, they say it's selflessness, it's gentleness. Uh, some of the translations will say you let your moderation in essence, that, what that word means is, let your character be like Jesus. I've said this many times, we're a billboard for the grace of God. When people see us, they've got to see Christ-likeness in us. And that's what this, this verse is saying. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. When you practice learning for your contentment to come from Jesus, you, you, you believe it, you profess it, you practice it, you're standing firm in the Lord, you're agreeing in the Lord, you're rejoicing in the Lord. You become a gentle person. Doesn't mean you become a a foot mat for people to walk over you, but there'll be a gentleness in you that's courageous, that's bold, that's loving, that's gracious, that's kind, that's patient, and all the fruits of the Spirit. And he says, Let your reasonableness, your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Okay. (laughs) Can you imagine Jesus returning and you being grumpy? Oftentimes we're like, Hey, if Jesus returns, is he going to catch you with your pants down? You know? Oh, okay, fine. With with a bottle of booze in your hand. Like, you don't want to be found with a cigarette in your hand. Okay, I want to ask you this morning if Jesus returns, is he going to find you grumpy? Grumpy, grumpy with a family member, grumpy with your spouse, grumpy with your boss, because you're standing on your own arrogance. That's all the time we have for today, but we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014 Eagle, Idaho 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store.